Okay. So, Jack. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So, you just asked me what we're going to do here. Yep. I'm going to start by telling you kind of the overview. I was just saying that I want to capture your whole story because I know bits and pieces along the way, and I've known of you, and I know you pretty well now, but I don't know all the infill. Yep. And your story's gnarly, and it's radical, and it's super impressive, and it's heavy. And, and I, scary. And yeah. And we will get into that. It's super scary. So first and foremost, Jack Shimko, thank you so much for being here. Um, this is my passion project. I get to just talk to cool people doing super cool stuff and um, get the story. So thanks it's for being so part cool. of it. I'm super stoked. So thank you for being Love here. Love you. Likewise. So <clears throat> I'm going to jump right into we disconnected five minutes ago in the parking lot and you said it's been a pretty tough day. And I asked you, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And you're like, no, I have cancer. Yeah, like gnarly cancer. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that because that is a big part of your story, but it's far from the only part of your story. Your story, what you've done, how you've done it, and for how long is super impressive and super heavy and super inspiring. And the fact that you're doing so much good stuff for good people that are going through similar things as you are is yeah. incredible. So thank you for t taking the time and telling the story. But let, let's start with let's start with today. Okay. So it was a tough day, but you also told me something really cool that happened today. Yeah. Well, it took everything in my body to get here. Mm. And, uh, yeah, my name's Jack Sh Marshall Shimko, and I have cancer, and it fucking sucks. Yeah. And it's gnarly. Yeah. And, uh... <sighs> you were interviewed today, though. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So... I have my doctors from like 10 years ago that I trust. UCLA, if I recall. Yep. And they told me that I'm gonna die. Do it. And it, and it. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. And I really don't have any words. And here we are sitting trying to have a talk. I don't. Yeah. Are you okay? Do you want to talk? Yeah. So. What I still have is fight. And I will fucking fight as hard. I don't know if I can. Do oh, this. of course. This is your story, bud. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah, I can fight. Yeah, you're good at it. You've had to do a lot of it. Yeah, and I just, I feel like I'm just being beaten down. Like, just. Yeah. And it I sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know what helped me? Hmm. Nature. Yeah. Well, let's get, well, I'm going to ask, so. Yeah. I do want to ask about that interview, but you sent me a text this weekend. Yep. Tell us, tell me about the context of that text, because that's a big one. Which one? What was the first thing you did in a year? In this year? What was the first thing you, it was the first time you'd done it in a year, and you did it oh, on set. Yeah. How'd yeah. that feel? Amazing. 
I was on a shitty soft top vessel. Mike Roberts. Hold on, Mikey. We love you and we love your boards. Sorry. <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> yeah, soft top, shitty $200 board. Did it get the job done? I ran it straight into the rocks. <laughs> you were up in Gaviota. Yep. And so I've been doing a lot of work up there. So our family bought some property up there and uh, we're just like trying to protect it. Got it. And uh, it's difficult because there's developer, like everyone's yeah. developing. I can everything. only imagine that whole, it's such a beautiful area and I can only imagine how, well, let, let's, let's keep to our topic, which is your story. Right. And yep. you got to first surf. So surfing's a big deal for you. Let's pull this mic into you a little closer. Okay. There we go. There we go. Oh, Product placement. There we go. We're all good. Okay. See. Um, I know. He's dialed. No, this is what we do. <laughs> so, um, tell just how did it feel to surf? I mean, for, and we will get a lot into your waterman life and yeah. how important that is, but how did it feel to surf for the first time in a year? Like the the best thing that I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. And it was insane. Like it was two foot, right? And it was like 50 knots of wind out there on the outside. And I'm like, I dropped in and it was a hundred yard long right. And I'm just like, I'm a kook. <laughs> we all are. You know, I'm just, whoa. And I was just, I don't know, it was just so cool. And uh, for me, it meant so much to me. Like, just to be able to do it. And, like, be in the middle of cancer and, like, just, like, go for it. And, and like, that's kind of the drive that I want to share with other people. Well. Like, just go for it. And you're doing that. And we will talk a lot about We Are Ocean and your campaign and what you're doing and what you're providing to others and why. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of this is about, you said it, the drive. Like, a lot of what you do is, and it has been for as long as I've known of you, before I knew you, you were doing a really big thing. And you've done right. a lot of big things since. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But that is your way. And what you're providing to others is to try to give them that same feeling that you had on that wave on Saturday. Right? I mean, like, honestly, like, I'm just, like, trying to get people out of the cancer ward and into adventure. That's all. Yeah. Like, yeah. so simple. Yeah. But, like, it's also, like, so difficult. Because, you know, it's so expensive. And, like, <sighs> Well, and I'm guessing a lot of people, when they're going through what they're, you're going through, curl up in a ball where you take a very different approach. And you go do hard things. Yeah. And you try to bring other people along with you. And you see the value of it. I think I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But that is what... That is how I know Jack Shimko is from doing that. Yeah. Um, starting with um, Paddle to Live. And yeah. we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk a lot about that. Because that's when I found out about you and your story. And that's now been a dozen or so years. Well, it's interesting. Like, so like Paddle to Live, um, 
So I did, like, I was not a paddler. I know. I want to hold, I'm going to press pause because I want to get to that. But before that, um, it's not the elephant in the room. You already dropped the elephant in the room about your prognosis from your doctors, which is gnarly. But let's share the story of how how your voice got this way. Okay. So 2009, I went to this fucking doctor. Sorry. I hate. Don't apologize for that. So I went to this doctor. He was like a primary care doctor. And uh, he did like blood labs. Right. And he's like, Jack, there's like this elevated number on your laps and we have to do a chest scan. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Easy. Do you know Chad Towersy? Sure. Okay. So we were about to go to Selena Cruz mm. when it was unknowing. Like now it's like a gigantic. Yeah, sure. yeah you know. Selena Cruz grinding beautiful right hand spot right. in in Mexico that's incredible when it's on. Yeah. So Chad and I we were going there. So I went to get like uh, just labs. And um, my doctor was like, you need a chest x-ray. And so then I got the chest x-ray and he goes, there's a shadow. Were you having symptoms or anything or is this just a checkup? Dry cough, that's all. That's it? Yep. That wouldn't go away, I assume. Yeah. So got the freaking scan. So, shadow, and then they're like, okay, you gotta get a nuclear PET scan. And I'm like, why? It's like, because we think you have a tumor. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Went in there, and then of course it comes back four days later, right before my birthday, 29, and uh, yeah, I was in chemo four days after. And uh, gnarly blood cancer, stage 3B, lymphoma. Yeah. Just like out of the blue. And I imagine you were feeling pretty indestructible at 29 um, or oh 20 my. and ready to go surf. And I was like fit, fit. Like gnarly yeah. fit. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm not anymore, but um, they did a procedure and jacked up your vocal cord. Is that correct? So I really don't like to share this, but you don't I, have to. I'll, I'll be open about it. Um, this nightmare doctor. I was at uh, Cedars. And this doctor comes in and he's flying in from Texas and he's just like, uh, he was on a date. Okay. He comes in and it's like a routine procedure. It's a lymph node biopsy right here. And uh, he missed. It was just a routine biopsy. 
Yeah, I cut my left vocal cord and then severed the right one. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's, I assumed it was some some pretty gnarly procedure that no. required very intensive no. surgical procedure, and it no. was a little routine routine biopsy. Biopsy. Just a hack, or just distract? Got it. He was distracted. And so, like, my family was like, oh, you got to sue this guy. I'm like, listen, I got another battle. I'm not going to take on that yeah. right now. And so, maybe, so, I, maybe I, I should have. Well, I just assumed all this time that your voice was a direct result of the cancer and the procedure and not just some innocuous little thing that kind of went awry. Yeah. So, it's, it's pretty funny. It's like... So I lost my voice, but, but my voice is so big right now in the community. It, it hasn't slowed you down, Jack. <laughs> it has not stopped you from making big moves and big progress, yeah. nor is the cancer. I mean, I'm, it's done a lot of really, really bad things, and it's, but it's fueled you to do some amazing things that we'll get to. Well, yeah, I mean, I was in that fucking Hey, that word's hard to beat sometimes. Don't you? Don't apologize for it. I was in that chemo war, just dreaming of like it was the strangest thing ever. So I had just gone to the North Shore and I paddled that Fourth uh, of July race from uh, what is that Turtle Bay to Waimea. Waimea. This is a prone paddleboard race that's been going on for decades and pretty and, awesome. And I'm like white, very white. You know, and uh, my good friend, Craig Yester, he's just like, we're going to take you to Dead Man's Corner and you're going to paddle out and paddle back to my house at Pipeline. And I'm like, um, I've never paddled. Oh, you had never paddled before? No. Oh, okay. So this is part of my further, like, how yeah. did you get into paddling? So okay. that someone told you you're going to do it. Yeah, so I'm on a bark. I'm on a. This is pre or post cancer diagnosis. Pre. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on a 12 foot stock, CT. Okay. College tuition. Yeah. So the, he puts. He, oh God, Craig Esther is a fucking. We love that word. He's a psycho. Oh, I don't know Craig. So he takes me to Dead Man's Corner and he puts me out there. I'm like paddling, I'm paddling, ah, like just off the jet, you know. But you were, but we'll get to this too. But you were a, you were competent and confident in the water as a surfer. Yeah, but and like ocean, I never but paddled, never been. Yeah, which is different. Got yeah. it. So um, I make it to pipe, to back door where his house is, and he's like, I can't believe you made it. <laughs> put you through it and then so like um from that trip i got home and then i was diagnosed mm. so that put a bug in your mind which will lead into some of the stuff okay that was a big yeah. big one of my questions okay so prior to that you grew up here in newport we're sitting in the newport costa mesa area did you go to newport harbor high school um i actually got kicked out what a shock why'd you get kicked out 
Uh, attendance. Oh, really? What were you doing? Surfing. Surfing. Chasing girls. Yeah. Yeah, rightly so. And okay. uh, you know what I did? Hmm. I gave him the surf reports phone number as my. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Five three six nine three zero three. Yes. That one is burned into my, my forever. <laughs> I called that ten million times as a kid. So my mom wouldn't know. That is, that's a blunder. When <laughs> you got caught. Okay, so where did you go to school? Uh, no, so, let's. Talk. I'm sorry. Where did you grow up? Where so exactly? I, yeah, on Lido. Well, you did. Okay. Yeah, was here. Three miles from here. Yep. Okay. And so, so, yeah, my family bought a property when, like, it was like yeah. there was nothing there. Got it. Did you go to Newport L? No, I went to Heights. Oh, you did? Yeah. Got it. Up the hill. Yeah. Okay. And then junior high? Ensign? Ensign. Okay. My yeah. kids went there. Yeah. And then high school, you started at Harbor. Failed. And then where'd you end up? Uh, boarding school. Where? Santa Barbara? Yep. Which Done. Ones? Got it. I heard. I've never been. I've Los Olivos. Pretty, yeah. Spectacular, yeah, yeah Central Coast killer area. Yeah, and the headmaster has got a freaking place at the ranch. Oh, okay. And it's just like, okay. If you don't here. surf, you're starting to hear terms that. Yeah. If, if you do surf, you're yeah. like, oh, I get it now. Hollister yeah. Ranch. I've never been there because you can't get in unless you know somebody. Yeah. Um, a lot of the places you're talking about are pretty iconic. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And, and then, then I spent a ton of time up in Halama and. Big Sur, so like Santa Barbara, Central, yeah. Lower Northern California area. Yeah. Um, what, where'd you go? What'd you do after high school or after boarding school? Did you go to college? Uh, yeah, I went to Lewis and Clark. I don't know where that in is. In Portland. That's in Portland. Yeah. Got it. And then I graduated on Sunday. And Monday, I got a job at Nike for 10 years. Oh, see, this is why I love this yeah. deal. I didn't know yeah. any of that. Yeah. And my two oldest kids are both at University of Oregon, which is Nike University. Right. They're both ducks. And everything is a swoosh up there. Right. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. Um, so like, let's that's, talk. That's why yeah. I'm connected to like Hurley and then Florence. Got it, okay. It's because, you know, Nike bought yep. Hurley. So through Bob, yeah. got it, okay. We all love Bob. In my first interview here, I talked about be like Bob. It's always been one of my monikers, I love Bob. Oh my God. Everybody loves yeah. Bob. Um, Talk about growing up around here and your, let's talk about the water. Okay. Because that's a huge part of your life. Obviously we talked about your surf this weekend, but let's talk about what got you into it. What, what was your area of like, were you fishing, surfing, boogieing above water, below water, on all of the above? Tell me, because if you've grown up on Lido, you can do it all. You can sail, you can paddle. Like people, especially 25, 30 years ago, as a kid, that's the perfect spot to grow up. Yeah, Around so here. before the water, um, I was the first, one of the first three people to be sponsored by Volcom. Really? Yeah. That's how you know. Oh, it was a skateboarder. Yeah, that's how I know Richard Wilcott and all yeah, that. Yeah, I grew up, so I went to Carmel High School and I was yeah. in between Pat Tenori of Ruka. Right. And Wooly and yep. everybody else that I grew up around. And I, I started my working career at 13 at Surfside as the boogie board rental kid. And I worked surf shops all the way through and I'm still in retail today. So that's where my story and ours would connect. I'm just older right. than you, but yeah. okay. So you have a full skate background. Yeah. Well, Got like it. I was a skateboarder. Like I would be at, you know, Harbor, you know, street skate primarily like on campus 360 yeah. off the seven stairs. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, Brad. Okay. Um, so 
Wooly saw that and Troy. Troy Eckert, yep. And they're like, we want you to be a part of this. Yeah. And yeah. this is like back in the day, like when they were like the alligator skin yeah. shorts. Well, and Volcom at the time was Youth Against Establishment. It was yeah. like the spinoff. It wasn't connected, but a spinoff of Quick. It was more core. It was young and it was skate and it was punk. Right. And that's what we all wanted. We all wanted Quick when I was growing up and then we all wanted Volcom. Yeah. I mean, it was me and Dave. Dave Mailman? No. No. Dave from the Harbor. Sure. I don't know Dave. Surf School. Oh. I don't know who that is. No. Not sure. Okay. All right. Uh, so you were a skater for Volcom. I was a skater. Okay. And that took you... Uh, that took me into film. Okay. Mm. I'm going to get to film. Okay. Because you can... if. As soon as people start following you or seeing you or seeing your posts, like you're incredibly skilled there. But I, again, I didn't know where that came from. I don't know the genesis yeah. of that, but I'm learning. But talk about skate led you into surf or led you into water sports. How did how did the ocean become your thing or yeah, part of so, one of your things? So like Wooly was like, okay, you know, you're skating for us. This is like old school, old school. Like he's still in his garage making clothing. 90s. 90s. Early half of the nineties. Yep. And uh, and I was like, I was like really interested in, like they had, they had this apartment at Fifty Sixth Street. You know those crappy apartments. Yeah, we all lived there after college. Yeah. Okay, so we had this like old school editing bay. Yeah, old school editing bay. And. They were shooting Super 8. And I'm like, Troy, like, what is this? He's like, Jack, this is the sickest thing. And then all of a sudden, um, I created this company called, I can't believe I'm saying this, STD Productions <laughs> uh, with Chad Towersy and Logan Doolian. Got it. Well, Logan's gone on to do big, big things. Right. And he's what? Is that Snap that he's part of? Snap. Snap five now. Big in the surf video yeah. world. Chad, Chad's still local. I, he's selling solar. I just saw him the other day. Sissy Bone. <laughs> His brother Pat, very accomplished in the space. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Small so town. yeah, we're neighbors. Gotcha. Pat and I, we're like right. Awesome. On Hill Street. Got it. At the park. Um. So when I figured out that I could create things and give a vision of what my life was about. I was like, this is gold. And I just started filming. It's super ironic that you started just filming and filming and filming. And because if you go in and look at your history of the cancer, right. you were filming it all. Everything. And I was wondering where that came from. So now I get it. But yeah. before we get to that, I still want to hear about how the heck you ended up being a waterman. Okay. So, skateboarding. And then I was like, and Wooly goes, well, do you want to surf for us? I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm like, so it was me, Pat Towersy, Chad, Logan, and Makai McKenna. Yeah, I just ran into Makai the other yeah. day. Okay, so what's crazy is I was on the periphery of all of that, 
I was never good enough, but I knew like I was surfing around you. So I didn't right. know you. Um, Pat and Chad had bigger personalities and were probably more right. notable, recognizable. Um, but I was right there with you guys. So that's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't that good. <laughs> good enough. Better than me. <laughs> so like, I don't know, like my, um, so my mom was going through some like super gnarly stuff. Um, her boyfriend, uh, I, I can't even get into that. So my uncles kind of like stepped in and were kind of like my dad's. And uh, my uncle Phil was like a big surfer. And he would always take me to the contest, like NSSA, like boom, 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 boom. Like I was winning these things. Wow. And uh, did I mention that you were a better surfer than me? <laughs> so like honestly like my uncles stepped up for me so big because my dad was kind of like he was just off he was not around and my mom was like cuckoo mm. and my uncle stepped in and they just like completely they were just there for me Rad. you know and uh I mean, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Surfing contest. Yep. The first time you prone paddled was in Hawaii. Yep. Dead man's corner to pipe. You were surprised that you made it. I love that story. I was surprised. Um, I was very white. <laughs> but so it, you were just a you were just a skater and became a shortboarder. Oh yeah. That was it. The That's typical it. Newport surf path for the majority especially in the 90s except Still for that good. like except for like i had a really like a gigantic focus on film got it so like i so film started pre pre-college oh yeah you're a kid when you started with this yeah so okay so that okay gotcha yeah. i mean i was filming chad and logan and got it Mackay and everybody did you go to college Focus on film? Yep. Is that a film school up there? Yeah. Or they're notable for that? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, what? I was going to get to this later, but I think I'm going to get to now. So you started filming. You're going to film school. And you were diagnosed after college. Correct. Quite a few years after. Yeah. So let's talk about um, school and then on to working for Nike for 10 years, which I had no idea. Yep. So boarding school was the, like the best thing ever for me. I mean, it's, it was an art school. So like I learned design, I learned Adobe, I learned all these mm. like tools. I learned photography, all this stuff. And this was the beginning, the 90s, yeah. the beginning of computer-aided design and all of that stuff. I mean, prior to that, it was all pretty analog and then it started getting very digital right right then but but i also like really enjoy writing and drawing and so like i've i've got like notebooks that are like i've got like gotcha so many notebooks that are just full of designs right and then i take those designs here i'll show you nope let's we're talking yeah, okay we're talking so but i do want to see it later i i, I take those designs like the drawings 
because they're just sketches, right? And then I create them into something else. Like that's like Queer Ocean as well. Like Billy goes. Billy Whitford, executive yeah. director of Newport Aquatic Center. Yeah, he goes, oh, you know, my daughter could draw this logo. I'm like, Billy, first of all, it's not a logo. It's a lockup. And this is a script. I hand drew it. I mean, it's impressive. That's so, good marketing right there. Billy's hilarious. Yeah, like, we'll, we can we could talk yeah, for hours. One of these days, I will get him in that chair, just oh, so you know. Highly doubt that. But I will. Okay. <laughs> I may have to duct tape him in. Um, okay, so you ended up. So let me just say, just because it's interesting, I've got an art degree from University of San Diego. I didn't know that. But I don't, and I have a marine science degree. I don't use either of them. They're, I, they, what they weren't for me career wise. Yeah, but, but look at your logo. I know, but but. This, I didn't create this. No, no. Oh, that one? I, that's Skip Sneed, who you know very well as well. Um, but here's, just because it's interesting. I was born with an artistic gift. Right. Not to the highest level, but I, just, I was born with the ability to do art. Right. But my creativity is so limited. Where you're like, got books, and I'm super linear. If you said, hey, Mark, go do your best to draw that in a realistic way. Okay. Right. But if you said, hey, go give me like a super abstract version of that sunset, and I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. Hey, I need a logo. I can't do it. If somebody tells me, hey, Mark, I need this yeah. in a box, I can do it. I never had that creativity. I've got, a vi I've, I've got the vision. I've got really good understanding of it. I just can't. I don't have the, the creative side. Right. And so when I see people with that creative spark and that ability to go make anything out of nothing, uh, it's a super... It's a it's a a skill and a, I don't know if it's a God given one, but it's an impressive trait that I don't possess. Well, you know what's in my brain right now? Hmm. I'm like, that's a 4K camera. I know the lens; it's 20 Got to it. 50. Like, my brain is just. Hey, Cole, he's he's looking. He's watching you. <laughs> What is that lens? Okay, okay. We can okay. talk about that later. No nerding out on this stuff, okay. Jack. Okay, so let's talk Nike. In okay. a nutshell, what did Nike give you? So I graduated on Sunday, and my whole family showed up for the graduation. It was like right. the biggest thing ever because my family doesn't get together ever. Mm. So they all showed up, and then Monday morning I went to work. And I went to work for um, Nike SB. Do you know what that is? Nike SB? Yeah. It's that a, was the precursor to their buying, buying Hurley. And that was their surf yeah. piece. So it was surf, BMX, hmm. and wakeboarding. And I was like, what, what You guys are missing the mark for like, Southern California like, surf industry. You guys are right? like yeah. out, of your, out of control. Yeah, yeah. Like holding on to it. I'm like, gotcha. okay. Um, so I had an architectural like background, so I knew how to draft. Gotcha. Like I knew CAD. And so they're like, okay, Jack, this is like pre, um, this is like pre, <sighs> CrossFit. Like, you know how CrossFit got all like yep. big? Yep. 
So they're like, okay, Jack, we want you to design training facilities for our athletes. Wow. And so like, that's what I did. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, like, just like a gym? They're like, no, we want it to look like Pennsylvania or New York. Mm. And we, we, we were buying up all these like gigantic freaking buildings in Portland and building environments inside of them. The campus. Yeah. So you were instrumental or you were involved in the creation of the Nike campus. Yep. Wow. That's um, something to hang your hat on. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, one of the most iconic brands in the history of brands. Yeah. It was a good jumping off point. Where did that lead you? What are, your, what are you thinking about right now? I mean, it led me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. So uh, after I was done with Nike, I was just like, I'm getting out of here. Out of here being out of Nike or out of here, out of Portland? Out of Portland. Got it. And so I went to Australia for two years and I drove in this. Holden wagon? That's what I had when I was there. Excuse my language. Uh, Ace high top. Mm. Toyota Ace with the engine. Don't be knocking Ace right now, by the way. You're not allowed to knock that. (laughs) So I did everything. I drove around the entire continent. Uh, You did the whole thing? Yeah. The transcontinental. All all the way from Darwin, all the way. So then I did another lap, and I got to Darwin, and I was like, well, it's only two hours to Bali. Mm-hmm. from Darwin mm-hmm. I'm like oh I need my visa renewed because like I got this like crappy job for Red Bull and I was just like a graphic designer and they sponsored me like they gave me my visa my two year visa so were you doing remote work before remote work was a thing were you just doing freelance design is no, that no, what you're doing? I was in the office oh, where in Sydney. Oh. Yeah. Got it. For and Red then, Bull. Yeah, for Red Bull. Wow. I mean, it was a different company, but it, it was like Red Bull's representatives. And gotcha. like, so I was like, get me out of here, please. <laughs> How long were you in Bali or Indo? I mean, I was in, so I was in Australia for two years, mm-hmm. and then I was in Indo for six months. That's so good. And then. That's something that everybody should do. I, so I spent, I spent two months in Australia, I ran a car, I bought a beater, holding wagon, and I drove from Sydney, from Northern Beaches, up to Cairns, oh surfing, surfed in camp. The whole, I, I was traveling by myself with a backpack with my dive gear and two surfboards for six months. And it went Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, Indo, two months in Indo. Two months. Same thing. It was the best thing ever. How's that South Coast? It's unbelievable. <laughs> for so many reasons we can't talk about here. Oh my gosh. The surf's unbelievable. The people are wonderful. Camping's amazing. Again, it's been a bunch of years since I did it, but it was, you know, best thing I've ever done. I tell my kids they got to travel internationally for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, Bali was awesome. And then like I had to fly back from my mom's 50th birthday in Palm Springs. Mm. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, but first I had to go to Mexico City for my best friend's wedding. Jet setter. And I'm just like, what? I, I rented a motorcycle. How long did you ride? Or where'd you ride? <laughs> From the airport to the oh. house. <laughs> awesome. <gasps> Why not? 
right? Man. Okay. Okay. I'm, I mean, we're Let's super focus. truncating this, but pretty amazing story so far. So you, you don't, you get kicked out of Newport Harbor High School. You yep. go to boarding school. Boarding school leads you to um, Lewis go to and school, Clark. Lewis and Clark. You continue to focus on your creative side. You get a job at uh, at Nike. Your tenure's there. Then you blow out and you go work for, you go to Oz for two years. Yeah, for You work Red for Bull. Red Bull, some yeah. kind of small brand you work for here. Then you piece out up to six months in Bali where you didn't work, I suspect, and you surfed your brains out. No, I was actually working for Quicksilver. Oh. Yeah. Oh. For Danny Guac. Got it. What were you doing for, for Quick? Whatever he told you? Brands. Design. Story, like all for story all design work. Got it. Yeah. All right. So, okay. But this is starting to shine a light on your back. I mean, you're, you're still doing that. You're still storytelling. If you're Same anything, thing. you're a storyteller. Yeah. I mean, that is really like, and I put that in my notes when I find like everything that you do is really storytelling. Well, I mean, look at our Instagram. Yeah. It's like, incredible. There's like, there's no cancer organizations that no. have that. Just cause you mentioned it. What is, what's the address? What's the handle for your for your Instagram? Oh, NAC underscore We Are Ocean. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and it, like I've got like the best part is like I've got kids, like little interns that are like just dialed. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Okay, and they're working their asses off. Yeah. Hey, hallelujah. <laughs> so okay, so you we're gonna keep moving career. So you're in uh, Indo. Working yep. for quick. When do you come back? I came back from my mom's oh, 50th right. birthday. Stopped in Mexico City, grabbed yep. a motorcycle. Yep. Then you go to Palm Springs. Yeah. Then what? And then uh, I moved into this like shitty apartment with my brother, hmm. like up in Irvine. I don't even know what the name is. Got it's it. like crappy. You know? Got it. Didn't last there very long either, did you? No. <laughs> then you moved down to the beach? Um, nope. I left again. Where'd you go? Let's see. Oh, I went to China. How long were you there? Uh, three months. Got it. So this is a storyline within you. You were doing, you were going places. You were just checking out the world, kind of free spirit. Yeah. Working your way through, working for some good brands. Yeah. What were you, what was the, what was the drive? What was the motivation to go see the world? I think just like to experience things that I couldn't get here. Mm. Did it work? No. 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 Didn't learn, didn't experience them. Well, I mean, I experienced a bunch of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, Got it. But it's like, I still want to go. Yeah. I think like we that's, all that's why I go them. north all the time. Go north, boy. Go north. So... When you came back, when you re-cemented yourself here, at least yeah. maybe not cement, maybe rubber cement, um, what were you doing for work when you were here? Um, let's see, that's a good question. I was working for my aunt and uncle. They have a production company. Got it. And uh, so I was like the weirdest thing ever. They're like, Jack, can you build us a website? And like, this is like, you know, my aunt runs Lucas Films. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and my uncle runs Kennedy Marshall. So, okay, let's let's press pause for a second. Do you want to? That, that's kind of big. Again, this Jack. This is exactly. This is. I, I hope 
I know. This is fun because we're connecting dots that I didn't even know were there. Yeah. Um, do you want Do you want to talk about who your You've now said who your aunt and uncle are. They're kind of big hitters, or they're involved with big hitter companies, or were I don't know. Yeah. So my aunt um, did the deal. We don't have to, I, I just, if it's interesting or relevant, if it's not, let's, we'll keep on going. Yeah, so my aunt did the actual deal from Disney to LucasArts, to Lucasfilms. Oh, when so they were acquired. $300 million deal. Little, little deal, yep. got it. Is she a, an attorney? Uh, no, she's a great woman. Oh, wow, okay, Yeah. gotcha. So, and then, um, if you can believe this, she's gonna take over Disney next year. She's going to what? Take over Disney next year. Kicking out Iger and she's taking over Disney? Yeah. Wow. And then my uncle. Wow. My uncle is like just kind of like cruising, like, you know. One of your uncles that helped raise you. Yeah. My uncle Frank. Got it. Yeah. So um, he did all the Back to the Futures, all the Indiana Joneses. When you said he did them all, what role? Producer. Oh, he was the producer? Yeah. Oh, this is the Hollywood Marshall? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jack Marshall Shimko. Now exactly. I understand. Okay, I didn't know there was a connection there. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Very cool. So you're back here. Sorry, that we were just I know. a little Can't interesting admit. adder in there. Yeah. Um, well, you have, clearly you have creative blood in you if that's your family, right? Yeah. Clearly it's come out, but that that is in the the Marshall Shimko bloodline. Of course. Of course. Got it. It was super interesting. And uh, so so I came back and had a daughter. Rad. And that's like we were like going back and forth. I was living in Venice and like we were going back and forth. How old's your daughter? Ten. What's her name? Marley. Oh that's cool. Marley May. Marley May that's a great name. Yeah. And so Oh, there it is. Yeah. Super cool. That's hand script, Jack. <laughs> is Reverse. That, oh, you did that yourself? Yeah. Got it, like in prison. Were you in prison? Do we need, do we, do we need to tell that story? We're not telling that story. I don't know if there is a story. There's Gosh, no all right, so Marley, um, very cool. But like, so like this one is infinity um, for my partner's sister who passed away at 13 from a brain aneurysm. Gotcha. And her name was Maddie May. So we named Marley, Marley May. Super cool. But this was her favorite symbol. So like the whole family has this on their wrists. That's really neat, that's a great story. Yeah, that's cool. No, 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 those are, that's cool stuff. Um, Paddling? No, let's just maybe not finish up the career thing, but what were you, doing when you were diagnosed other than like what were you doing for work i was working for my aunt and uncle oh you still work and what did you continue to work through that process or did you no everything shut down i mean like your whole life just ends it's so gnarly okay well let's 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 keep going there let's go okay obviously cancer is is the biggest storyline for you at this point um, or one of the big ones. I don't want to overstate that, but um, talk about that. So you're diagnosed. 
you start chemo four days after your birthday and four yeah. days after the diagnosis, you don't get to go to Selena Cruz with Chad, which I still want to go to. I still haven't. Hey, you got to surf windblown crappy <laughs> surf on Saturday <laughs> up in the uh, central coast. Um, let's go down that path. You want to talk about your experiences? Yeah. And I mean, what, it, and let's, let's keep it on the high side because it led you to some pretty amazing things. So, Talk about what you were going through and what you decided to do on the backside of that first bout. Yeah. So, I was really in a bad space. Like, scary. And, like, just, I I felt like, I felt like I was going to die. What year was this, Jack? 2009. And, uh, and then, like, I had all these doctors and, like, these amazing people around me, like, 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 lifting me up. And I was, like, paddling was in my mind. So I was just daydreaming. Like, what can I do to give back to this community? I think there's a video of you. Yeah where you are in chemo and you talk about how you are daydreaming about paddling or getting out and yeah, you weren't curling up at a ball. As I said, you were looking for thing. You were dreaming about getting out there. I was dreaming about giving back. You already were at that time. Yeah. Hallelujah. A hundred doctors and nurses. Like, what am I doing? Like I got to contribute. So how did that manifest? What did that look like? Um, well, I had to have proof of concept. So I was in chemo, and Joe Bark and I drove up. How did you meet Joe? Joe's an icon in the paddleboard world. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know how I met him. Like, you, weren't, you were not a prone paddler at that time yet. No. You had paddled in Hawaii that one time, Once. and yeah. yet it somehow stuck with you. Yeah, I just went up to his shop and we talked, we talked story. And he's like, Jack, this is so rad. So you, while you were in chemo, as you said, you were dreaming about paddling. And when you got the opportunity, you just reached out and said, and you reached out to Joe. Yeah, he gave me uh, three 18-foot prone boards. And he goes, go for it. I'm like, go for what? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to the U.S. Championships in San Francisco. U.S. Championships of? Prone paddling. In San Francisco? Yep, back in the day. I don't recall it. Alcatraz. (laughs) I was a prone paddler pretty big time at that time, and I don't recall that, so that's interesting. So 2009, there's a U.S. Championships at San Francisco, Alcatraz. 10 mile loop hmm. came in dead last I had to have my own support boat because I was so sick you were still in I was in chemo you are still in chemo but amazing what did it do for you mentally proof of concept explain that further proof of what concept that there's something there or that the impact that it has on you or a person by 
doing that or getting in nature? Or was it proof of something bigger that you were planning? It was proof that I could paddle 10 miles with Greek gods. Mm. I mean, people are flying in from Hawaii and New Zealand and all over the world. And I'm sitting here. In chemo. In chemo. And I did it. And like the, the coolest thing was, um, what was that? There's a video somewhere. But um, the jerseys were prison stripes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> kind of following the, the Greg Knoll iconic shorts from the 50s. Yeah. So I did that. I got hypothermia. My uh, partner at the time, my daughter's mother, she went out with her friends and I was stuck at the Holiday Inn in a wetsuit in the bathtub for six hours just to warm up. <laughs> what did you learn? And you, and, you, and you came back for more, more and more and more. Well, you know what that taught me? That I can go further. Mm. And so that was proof of concept. I'm like, okay, I'm going. And so like the first year of Paddle Live, we can talk about this more, yeah, but... Will. Um, Hold on. Should we, let's, why don't you share, talk about Paddle, what was the concept? What did it do? What was it? Yeah, so year one was 2010. And uh, I paddled from Santa Barbara to Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz to Anacapa, Anacapa to Santa Barbara Island, Santa Barbara Island to Catalina, and then back into the NAC. So, so 150 miles, 10 days. So what did you average distance per day? I don't know. I know I the next trip. I could do the math, trip. but I haven't. The next trip, I know. Okay, hold on. So you did it twice? Oh, yeah, I did 260. I did all oh, eight Channel Islands. Okay, okay, that's what it, all right. Yeah. So it's funny, it's like, so like Jamie Mitchell, like, I love you, Jamie, but you're a wimp. He just did the crossings. Yeah. Like, just the channel crossings. You, I did. Island across, yeah, you never got off. <laughs> Jamie, I love you. <laughs> so, to frame this, one, Jamie Mitchell, 10-time Molokai, to Oahu winner 10 years in a row, yep. an absolute legend. He was unstoppable, greatest of all times and prone. Also one of the biggest, one of the best big wave surfers in the world. And so, a wimp. <laughs> I won't say that, but I'm glad that you can. But no, what you did was bigger. And so let me just frame this for people. So prone paddling is paddling like you're on a surfboard. On a bigger board, and you paddle on your belly and on your knees, yep. and we do the biggest, the most historic race is the Catalina to Manhattan Beach Pier, 32 miles, the end of August. For those of us that have done that a bunch of times, that was always my passion. Well, actually, it's only 32 miles. Hold on. But my point is, it's 32 miles and we think it's tough and we think it's a big deal. Yeah. You did that every day for 10, eight ten days? days? 10 days. Yeah, 26 a day. After, while you're in remission? Back to back, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a pussy. Um, so Catalina to Manhattan is a radical race. 
But the historic race is Molokai to Oahu. Yeah, but but Molokai to Oahu on a prone board is much younger. Correct. So they're they're. Yeah, I always equate. Point. I always equate. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg Knoll and our forefathers in surf yeah. used to paddle the the cross the channel the Catalina yeah. back in the fifties. Um, it's it's the most iconic. It doesn't mean it's like the world championship is considered the Molokai to Oahu. They're right. totally different. One's flat water, one's downwind and very challenging. They're both hard. Um, but I equated if you oh. if you wanted to equate these two sports, it'd be the equivalent in skiing from slalom to moguls. Same yeah. sport, but very different application. Prone in flat water and prone in downwind. And then if you did one of the bad years, like Catalina 2023 was horrendous, brutal, oh yucky, God. nothing good about it. And um, it's a hard sport at the best of times. And to do what you did, you probably got every different condition known to man. You're in very sharky waters. You're by yourself. Well, um, I had to turn back the first day. I didn't know this. I only so made it five miles. Okay, so let's start. Yeah. What was the genesis? Like, what motivated you to come up with this concept? Where did the concept come from, A? What made you think, I want to go do this? And then what was the cause? So one, how did you come up with it and why? Like I said, daydreaming in chemo. Yeah, the but Lord. there's daydreaming of like sitting on a beach with a cocktail and a pretty girl. There's yeah. daydreaming of going for a surf. I'm daydream. You daydreamed of doing something incredibly hard. You're like David Goggins before David Goggins. Okay. Um, what was what was in your head that made me go? Made you go? I want to go friggin' push it. Well, I'll tell you right now. So, um, I was with this kid. He was my same age. And we had the same cancer. And uh, my family was able to pay the $5,000 for the shot for Nulastra. And his insurance didn't cover it. And he died. Wow. And he's, uh, he was my partner. Like we were in the two chairs together and he died. And I was like, I was like, I'm so fortunate to be able to get this drug that kept me alive. And he passed. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do something about this. Why go small if you can go huge? So you went huge. I mean, the world is so messed up. The fact that he couldn't get the drug that I got. Yeah. It's not fair. No. And there's a lot, we could go down all kind of rabbit holes with examples like that. Yeah. So. That's that. But you used that motivation to go do something for yourself or for others? For others. What was the goal? Well, it's, it's the funniest thing. Like, everyone's like, Jack, what are you doing? I'm like, all I do is look out for other people. Like, that's my whole life. And, and I love that. But unfortunately,
unfortunately, like I don't look after myself sometimes. Mm. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, I mean, case in point, you know, my partner and my daughter, it's just like, you know, Ashley is just like, why don't you look after Marley like you look after these people? Mm. And I'm like, well, I do. You just don't see it. I can imagine juggling or navigating what you navigate a few times now. Yeah. So just to maybe put a pin on it, you do two different iterations of the paddle. Hold on, let me show you something real quick. Believe it or not, this hangs in my closet. Oh my goodness. How'd you get that? I don't know. You gave it to me. I was going to try to wear it. Paddling together. Yeah, man. Paddling together to better the world. Yeah. Hurley. This was you. Yeah. This is how I learned about you. I didn't know you. Oh, my goodness. But I knew what you did. I can't believe you have that. I've had That's it all the script. I, I drew that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Listen, I love. It's not that different from this. <laughs> listen, I love to clear my closet. Yeah. I do not like keeping stuff I don't ever wear. Yeah. I've kept this this whole time. It's so sick. Not like I knew we were coming here together. Like yeah. this is just one of those inspirational messages that lives in my closet that people do badass shit for good, for right. good causes. And it's the gray tone. That's 75% gray. <laughs> <laughs> now we're nerding out again yeah. on the gray tone. <laughs> but it has it is, it is left a mark and that's one of the reasons I wanted to be able to get in here with you. That is so cool. I've not cool? seen that for so long. You're welcome to keep that. If so, no, well, I might I've fight you over many of them. Okay. Well, listen, let's keep this thing going. Okay. But that was you. So you did it twice. Why? The first time was not long enough. <laughs> I love that. You felt good enough after the first one, which was how many miles total? Uh, 150. Over eight days? Over 10 days. Over 10 days. Yeah. And then... Uh, we raised like 125K. And year two, the goal was 260 miles. Yeah, year two was a million. And did you hit it? Yeah. That's incredible. But, and we're, I'm sorry. So this is pre Lance drama. Okay, Lance Armstrong drama. So Lance was still in good graces at the time. Yeah. Well, everyone thought he was. Well, he was still liked at the time and yeah. I mean, I had beloved the band at the time. On yeah, I think know. we all did. Um, and so, yeah, I raised over a million bucks and like they couldn't tell me where the money was going. Oh, this was through the Lance organization. The, the yeah, Lance through Armstrong. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And so I was like, guys, I have people like calling me going, where is our money going? Did you ever find out? No. Got a it. lot of overhead. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's why I created We Are Ocean. Okay. But um, what happened was I won this like award. Uh, it's called Surfer Pole Agent of Change. And Surfer Pole Awards are once a year yep. for the whole entire surf industry. Generally, surfers are the ones that are, Correct. are designated or are the recipients of this. Yep. 
agent of change in the surf industry as a whole is what you were yeah you so rewarded with or yeah you won so surfer gave me 20k and then i started we are ocean what year did you start we are ocean uh 2012 so we're year 11 it's really picking up speed was it small why don't you share share the mission and the mantra of we are ocean yeah i mean it's pretty simple it's um my goal is to take teen and young adults on radical ocean-based adventures and support them through camps and diving and fishing and snorkeling and just being out there. Why? Why? Yeah, why? Because where else are they? I don't know. They're in the chemo ward. Get them out of there. What happens when you get them out of there into adventure situations like this? We have this saying, it's like an unspoken language of cancer. So like people like are like, oh, you got ABVD. You got that biopsy. You got that treatment. You got that. Like everybody knows. The microcosm of cancer patients and yeah. battlers. So uh, taking people out of the cancer ward and putting them into the water is extremely powerful. And what's even more powerful is seeing how they connect with one another because all they don't even care about the adventure. That's just us. That's Billy and I. Like, we are the adventure hounds, right? But all they want to do is connect with somebody that's gone through something similar. Camaraderie openness yeah commonality and like i don't want to brag but we're doing a pretty good job what's the outcome what happens after a are these week-long camps week-long camps so what happens during and after what what do you what do you see knowing that again these are people like you that are going through this what do you see these people are terrified i have to talk to them for three months prior to camp holding their hand like going you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Just get on the flight. And they're like talking like, oh, what about TSA? I'm like, TSA, there's a hurricane. (laughs) What are you talking about TSA? And once we get them out on the island in Emerald Bay on the west tip of Catalina, they change. And you know what happens after? They're different and they're stronger. They feel better and they keep adventuring. Like even like simple stuff, like just going for a beach walk that they never did before. How much of that is physical versus mental? It's all mental. What's the driver of that mental change or impact of being in nature and being in the water and doing an adventure and being with peers well it's the same thing like with paddle live i just put my head down and paddled yeah but you were a solitary beast on that no no i was weak Mm -hmm. yeah i wasn't strong arguable 
I put my head down and I paddled. That's it. I was on that freaking chin strap like this. Hey, listen, I know a whole lot of people that were, that have been in incredible shape, trained up to no end, ready to go and wouldn't have accomplished that. So you can call yourself whatever, but the mental fortitude and the ability and desire just to, and the grit to go, it says a lot about you. Well, I'll tell you one thing, probably the most scariest part of my life ever um, was crossing from Santa Barbara Island to San Nick. So it's 90 miles out. These are all islands that people don't go to and they certainly don't swim or paddle when they're there. So I got five miles out off of San Nick and I had to stop. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. And so, like, this is when I had, like, Chris Welsh with the super catamaran, the 60... Oh, the big one that was... 120 feet long. He's passed, unfortunately. Um, So, we get to San Clemente Island from San Nick, downwind. Beautiful paddle. It's just, like, gorgeous. But going across sucked because it was, like, like, across your bow. So I didn't make it. I had to stop five miles short. So we're at San Clemente at the Air Force Base. And I'm like, we cooked dinner. And I'm like, guys, we've got this amazing catamaran. Let's go back to San Nick. Finish what you started? So motor through the night, upwind, get back in the water at dawn, finish the five miles, get back on the boat, and I'm like, I'm done. Perfect. Made it. I love that about you. <laughs> Just saying. And I, I, we got to say, and maybe I can even, I'm going to take this straight from... We were talking about We Are Ocean, yeah. what it provides, your work in the channel on these. What's the power of what's the power of the channel or channels? Mm. There's a lot of us. I mean, I had Danny Nichols here. We just did the Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of, let me just touch on that real quick and we'll get back. There's this amazing cross pollination of people. Yeah. You know Danny Nichols, who was in that chair just a few weeks ago, Danny yeah with open water we just did the crossing a couple weeks ago you came over we're gonna we're gonna talk about this real quick because it's another jack shimko moment you were determined to go over there the open water um, organization supports first responders veterans active duty and it's all focused on and they take care of me talk about that so let's talk about this you were determined to go over there to say some words to the group of 50 people from around the country that came over to paddle from Catalina to Huntington Beach Pier, 33 miles, and you were determined to go talk to them. Right, because they've saved my life multiple times. You were super sick. Oh, barfing. Yeah, tell us about, so you go over and do a beautiful speech and it was short, which I wasn't expecting. From you, I was expecting long, but you were hurting. We all knew it. Um, We were all a little bit worried about you and you were really sick afterward. It was a long boat ride back. Yeah, barfing the whole way back. Yeah. 
Um, and then the next couple of days, where did you spend your time, the majority of your time? The ER. Yeah. And yet you were determined to go over there in spite of all that and say these words to these folks. Why? Because Danny and what he does and the people that came, like the people that are a part of this, these are the people that have like taken care of me. And people don't understand it. Like they don't understand first responders. Yeah. And like these people have saved my life. Well, the beauty is... Over and over and over again. The beauty is, or the reality is, they've saved all of our lives over and over. They're the ones on the wall. They're the ones there coming in the middle of the night. Danny was sitting right here, and he's like, here's the difference. If these are police officers or firemen right here, and something happens right there, they're going that way while we go that way. I know. That's the distinction. But it was really powerful that you were determined, in spite of what you were going through to come over there and you paid for it for a few days well and you know billy like he didn't want to be a part of it and so like he came just to support me to be there yeah because there's nobody better in that channel than billy so yeah he was there to make sure you made it back in one piece yeah yeah and like Hallelujah. listen i you know i was like oh i'm gonna stay oh i know but he but, we like, all knew otherwise yeah <laughs> There was a whole plan B happening behind your back just to make sure that you made it home safely. I mean, I was barfing in. Yeah. 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 It was bad. So let's, let's talk about, so you were determined, I mean, you're, I'm starting to, we're starting to shine a light on, on Jack Shimko's colors is of taking care of others and focusing on others through the, um, paddle to live. Mm -hmm. We are ocean. Tell me some stats. How many people young people are diagnosed with cancer every year 82,000 it's an unbel- in the US alone yeah it's an unbelievable number 82,000 yeah. young people are diagnosed and most of them go through it in a probably a very different way than you did or in a very different way than these people that have been given mm. the opportunity to be a part of we are ocean and the yeah. event, your adventure camps is that right i mean People go through it and they're just destroyed. What would, if, if you had a magic wand or if I had a magic wand and I said, everybody going through it gets an opportunity to go to We Are Ocean and do an adventure camp while they're in, what would, what would that do to that population of people? I think it would help them. Like, honestly, like, There's these like, I'm not gonna get into it, but there are these like hospital type programs and they're sterile. They're like in a waiting room. I'm like, we're doing the same stuff. We're just around a bonfire and we're paddling and sailing and fishing and diving and snorkeling. It's like, it's so simple. I I don't know the term, like these hospitals have this term, like, uh, I don't know what it's called, Um, but they're not doing it. It's weak. If I had another magic wand and you had infinite resources to do it, 
what would we our ocean look like? Um, it's a really good question because like Billy and I were, are working really hard right now to make We Are Ocean sustainable forever. What would it take to do that? Is it a number? Is it a team? Billy says up a million to like to like just get it started, and then like that that money will grow, right? Yeah. Um. Because like, let's be honest, I'm not going to be around for much longer. I'm not going there with you, my friend. Yeah. But we will talk about what the legacy of We Are Ocean can be. I know Billy and a lot of people are passionate about coming up with a, a yeah. way to keep it going and growing. Yeah. Um, it takes a vision, and you've been the visionary with this, with all the yeah. things. And it's, it's really incredible what you've done in spite of what you've been dealing with, yeah. in spite of what you're dealing with as we speak. So I give you incredible credit and I have since the day I heard your story the first time with relation to um, how to live um, it's been really cool to watch because you do such a wonderful job with all the media right. the, the, the videos of um, We Are Ocean camps and the people and the testimonials and just the energy and what they're doing how can that not like compare that to as you said a sterile hospital environment yeah. round table like it's unbelievable and I know that it, it's got to be a powerful um, differentiator for those folks well I hate asking mm. I would rather show you hate action. asking for what for anything I'd rather just like show people what we're doing to inspire them to give is that the point yeah. you know i had a conversation with jennifer friend with project hope alliance yep. who was here recently and another wonderful person doing great good and one of the conversations we had was about fundraising because nonprofits require elaborate fundraising to survive and a lot of people it's, just don't like it and that's it becomes an art and a science and but it's nonprofits don't survive very long without giving I know. And so, I mean, my whole goal is like, can I please stop fundraising? <laughs> and can I just like focus on the program? Yeah. Somebody has to be doing it. Yeah. So we're working on that. But Billy's got a great idea, like with this uh, legacy fund. It's going to be called, um, it's going to be called NAC Legends. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I'm like at the very bottom, but you know, uh, I beg to differ. Yeah, for the uh, record. So, and like this is killer. Like, um, you know, like I used to think like I had competitors, right? In what way? Just like I used to think like they're like. You know, Mokpo was a competitor. Or, or, so Mokpo is the blind paddling organization, yeah. also part of Newport Aquatic Center. Oh, 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 yeah, or open water. And then, like, I'm like, guess what? You know what we're doing in April? We have three six-man canoes. We're Ocean, Mokpo, and open water going across the channel together. 
there's a lot of symbiosis or symbiotic yeah. opportunities because there are different groups being served for different reasons, right. but in the same way because of the power of the ocean and the yeah. paddle of the channel. Let me go back to that question. Why do you think paddling that channel or, yeah, paddling the channel, it's different from what Weir Ocean does where you're doing camps. But, right. you know, I ran an organization for a long time called Ocean of Hope. It was all about... Yeah, um, out of Manhattan, right? Yep, it was all tied primarily to Mike paddling Roberts? the class. Nope, Mike Rogers... I'm sorry. Mike, Mike Rogers yeah. was um, paddle... Ten. His was called... His was his fundraised for Hogue. I'm Paddle for a Cure. Mike Rogers, we yeah. know very well, see him all the time, yeah. still paddling. He's a legend here. Yeah. Um, so there was a, there's a lot of different fundraising. Mike was one of the first. Ocean of Hope was shortly thereafter, and we did it for many, many years. Um, and there's many more. And now, you know, we've got Open Water. We've got the Ben Carlson Foundation and the Ben Did Go. There's tons of... I mean, Spencer, like... like Spencer Purdy, just... who started that when Ben Carlson passed away. Uh, we just did that about eight weeks ago. Yeah. But there's tons of, of organizations and people paddling that channel yeah. for a cause. But why that channel? What makes that channel? I can give you my two cents, but why is it so powerful? What is it about paddling that channel or a channel that is so significant for so many people? I mean, I, I think, like, first of all, it's like a challenge. Like, that's number one. Like, you, you got to get across. <laughs> you, you can't just sit in there, right? Yeah. You got to cross. You have to paddle across. Yeah, and then, like, the other power is just, like, um, There's something about it, like just not being able to see to the other side, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. Like, you're like, you're on a paddleboard going across an open ocean. It's so radical. And and people just don't get it. I feel very small out there. Yeah. And getting across in my opinion it's just one of these accomplishments that you know i always say to the young guns that you know part of the band or whatever that have never yeah. crossed it before or even the folks at open water you know we've grown up for those of us that have grown up here looking across that body water at that island on days like today when it's clear and offshore and beautiful right. and you're once you paddle that you will never look at that channel or that island again it's a very you good will never and it is the, such a big accomplishment. And I was talking to Chiron Stewart. Oh, yeah. Whose son, Love um, him. Mason, did it this year. They did it together yeah. as part of the Ben. And I said, Chiron, how's, how's Mason? He's like, man, he's like, he grew up so much doing that. He doesn't even know the yeah. impact that that has had on him. So I think the impact's the same. When you're talking about getting the Makapo blind paddlers, the open yeah. water first responders and military. And the, eventually, Ben. Like and, we and can connect it all. There's a lot of cross-pollination um, here in town from a sport that almost didn't exist. When you did, when you did your crossings, 
It was a no man's land. It was a no man's land. And there was a, f- a few of us that used to paddle prone here. And typically people would go, are you guys okay? Did you lose your paddles? Like nobody knew what it was. Now with yeah. the Ben Carlson Foundation, um, with all these organizations crossing, it's gotten really big and it's wonderful, but it's, it's such an accomplishment driven um, endeavor. Yeah. And it, I think it just resonates with it's, people that have completed it. It's funny, like Mikey Roberts, he goes like, you started this. And like now, like, look at, there's a hundred prone boards in Newport. All the time. I mean, there's 60 barks and there's a hundred vessels. We used to paddle around. If I saw somebody on a prone board, I'd paddle up to him and make friends because there were yeah. so few of us. And now I paddle up to him and I go, what's up, dude? Old man, what do you? Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. not the same. Um, so listen, we've talked about a lot, a lot, and I really, I really love it. I do want to hit on a couple of things. Okay. Um, I want to give you first an incredible amount of praise for what you've done and how you've done it and why you've done it and what you've been dealing with while you've done it. I appreciate Um, that. The fact that you're doing all this for others while you're battling yourself is really powerful. And um, I don't think many people would have the gumption and the grit and the tenacity to keep grinding through it when you feel like shit and you're still showing up for everybody else. I what are you, what are you doing every, just for context, what are you doing every Friday right now? Uh, every other Friday. Every other Friday. I'm doing Friday. I'm doing treatment. What is it? So it's called a whole blood transfusion. So it's platelets, white, red, and plasma. And nine, you're basically doing your whole... Nine hours. Nine hours of... And then I get a new Lastra shot. And then I get a EPO, which is what Lance used. Mm-hmm. That fucking sucks. Yeah. It, excuse my language, but it really is. It's awful. And then I was on this experimental drug called CG806, and it completely destroyed my liver. So now I'm dealing with liver disease. You have drugs fighting. You have drugs on top of drugs on top of drugs, right? Yeah, so I'm on this drug, which is super nasty. That's what makes me throw up Mm. all the time. It's just awful. Listen... The fact that you're doing what you're doing for others while dealing with all of that. Again, you were just on the island. Yeah. Sick as a dog, and you powered through. Yeah. Most well, people wouldn't. Didn't really power through, but you yeah, did it. I made you it. spoke to everybody, and you powered. You spoke for five. You spent. You did sixty miles of boat crossings for a five for the for the. Not the opportunity for the desire to speak to that group. Dude, that's a powerful... Because of Danny and Kane. Well, I would say for sure. But you did it. Yeah. And when you talk about We Are Ocean, you fire up. I do. Yeah. This is a passion, pride, desire to help others, which is super powerful. I know. And Billy's like... um, 
you know, if we don't figure it out, it's, it's done. And I'm like, I'm already like seven steps ahead. Like I already got another organization that's ready to put us under the wing. Like if it doesn't work with NAC, I think it will. But if it doesn't, I already got another plan. Like I will keep going. I will use it. I will fight for the rest of my life to keep this alive. And that's it. Simple as that. Well, my friend, I think I had other questions, but I don't think there's a better way to end it yeah. than that. Where can people find out more? Uh, our Instagram, which is like the easiest way, which is just at NAC underscore we are ocean. And certainly all you need to do is Google Jack oh. Shimko and you're all over the place and all your cool stories and all your yeah. YouTube stuff is really powerful and inspiring. It tells, gives a lot more color on the stuff we've talked about here. Yeah, and I'll start doing a, like a better job like sharing that stuff. Because like I, I, I've just kind of like, uh, I've been so focused on fundraising. It's like I don't actually get to share the stories and like that is where my heart is. Like well, I am a storyteller. The stories will drive the fundraising in my opinion. Yeah. It's what it does is what will speak to people. Yeah. Like you've spoken to me and now you've spoken to other folks. And yeah. Jack, your story is unbelievable. I'm sad that it's going the way you think that it's going. It's, but what you've done and what you're doing and how you've done it is incredible and I'm incredibly proud of you and grateful for what you've done. Um, I, I give you wild credit for persevering and powering through with determination for others and making a real difference because that's exactly what you're doing. Well, thank you for that. I mean, honestly, nobody knows this, but We Are Ocean helps me as well. And, uh, me helping others helps me and people don't get it one of my favorites and we'll end with this um the quote from tony robbins and i'm sure it's mm. probably stoicism but when you focus on others you do not suffer yep it's probably not exactly all the way right but when you focus on others and you do good things for others. You don't suffer as much. As much. That's probably the that's <laughs> yeah. probably the piece piece we need to add. Jack Marshall Shimko, I love you, brother. Thank you for being here. I love Fight you too. the fucking good fight, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for all you do.